Over the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about solutions that aren't a good fit for the problem and how much frustration and even damage that can cause. Well, today I have a beautiful example of the opposite situation when finding the right solution to a problem can have a lot of unexpected benefits and a lot of other problems get solved along the way too. All right, all right, everyone, take your seats or lace up your sneaks. We're about to get started. Welcome to the Change Academy podcast. I'm your host, Monica Reinagel, and in this show, we talk about what it takes to create healthier mindsets and habits in our own lives, as well as how we can create healthier communities and workplaces. Whether you're working on your own health and well-being or promoting healthy behaviors is your job, we're going to talk about what works, what's hard, what's needed, and what's next. Let's jump in. The other day, I was logging into the private forum for our Way Less Coaching program, to check in with the members there. And we have a group that's getting close to the end of their year-long program. And this week we were working on motivation, specifically how we stay motivated when a project is long-term or ongoing. You know, once the honeymoon is over and we realize that even reaching our goal, whatever that might be, isn't going to be the end of the process because it's not a finite project, but more of a practice or as I like to say, an ongoing relationship with a set of tools. So we were talking about keeping that motivation strong for the long term. And as part of our exploration of that topic, we asked our members to consider whether they had experienced any benefits from the program that they hadn't expected. And one of our members, Stephanie, found that she had quite a long list of things to report. So because of the conversations we've been having about wrong fit solutions, I saw Stephanie's response as an example of what happens when the solution is a good fit for the problem. And I also remembered another email I'd gotten recently from a listener who said he finds it inspiring to hear from people who have succeeded in creating a big change. So with that in mind, I decided to ask Stephanie if she would join me to talk more about her experience creating this big change and what she's discovered about herself as she worked toward her goals. So there were two things that really stood out to me that I want you to listen for. One was that Stephanie wasn't just looking to create a certain result. She was specifically interested in making a change that would be durable. So not just hitting a goal, but creating a new way of approaching challenges that she knew would continue to come up for her. So right away, obviously, she was a great fit for us. And the other thing I want you to notice is that Stephanie decided that she wasn't going to let things that were challenging or difficult or, in her words, uncomfortable, be an excuse for giving up. She shares with us that she has an autoimmune disorder that makes certain things a little bit more challenging for her, but she made a decision that this was not going to be a reason to stop trying. It was just one of the things that she'd need to figure out how to work with. That is such an empowering and resilient stance. And I think you're going to hear that in the way she talks about this. So as you're listening, I want you to think about those things in your own circumstances that you may have allowed to be the reason that you can't succeed or can't take the next step and see what it would feel like for you to decide that these are not going to stop you from making progress. They are simply the circumstances that you're working with. 
when Stephanie talks about realizing that it's actually okay with her to be a little uncomfortable if that discomfort is in the service of something that's more important, I want you to ask yourself what discomfort you might be willing to lean into a little bit in order to achieve something meaningful to you. Here's our conversation. Thank you so much for coming on the Change Academy podcast, Stephanie. I'm so glad you're here. So you are coming up on the end of your year in the Way Less program with us. And we recently asked your entire group to think about whether there were any benefits that surprised you. And you actually had quite a list that you posted in our forum, everything from discovering that you were more of a morning person than you thought you were to realizing your house was tidier. And it was really um, a lovely list. But I loved one thing in particular that you said. I'm just going to go ahead and read it. You said, I feel like this program has helped me think about myself in a different way and take an active role in how I spend my time, how I treat my body, how I deal with stress and how I respond to the world. That's pretty global. Can you can you tell us a little bit more about what that feels like? Yeah, I mean, it feels really empowering, I would say. Um, mm. it, you know, being a parent of young children and after COVID and all of these things that kind of fell out of control, being able to say that the choices I make are my choices because um, it's one it's how I want to live my life. Um, not mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, not everything is going to be controllable, but the little things that add up over the course of the day is, and I'm choosing for myself and not letting, you know, the culture around me or certain circumstances dictate how I live. You know, that sounds so simple, almost obvious when you say it, but what did it take for you to start seeing those choices in a different way, or maybe even just to start seeing those choices? Honestly, a lot of the lessons that we did um, in the program early on, I think, really made an impact. Um, Some of the things that immediately come to mind is the, you know, what are you saying no to Mm -hmm. or what are you saying yes to and what is the opposite of that? That there are trade-offs involved in each of those decisions. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And also in the efficiency lesson about not always being as efficient so that you're working more, um, what you're doing, I was able to use that to kind of reorganize how I have my clothes (laughs) in my room so that there are things that you know, I would have kept in the dresser like my pajamas because they're right by the bed and that seemed convenient. Well, now they're they're in the closet because that actually gave them more space and I'm walking a few more steps to get them. But um, it's not just what kind of I fell into. It was the the conscious decision of, oh, this is where they're going to go and this is actually going to work better for me anyway. Yeah, maybe thinking through some of the implications. And you've mentioned one yeah. of what are maybe... Uh, is maybe one of our most countercultural thought experiments. And that is Mm -hmm. like, can we find ways to make ourselves less efficient in our life? Mm -hmm. And the reason that we're focused on this is because we're trying to use our bodies more to be more active and to, to use more of our bodies, not so much finding more time to go to the gym, but just finding the opportunities that we have in our daily life to be more active. But we have to consciously push back against the the sort of cultural value 
mm-hmm. of doing everything as efficiently as possible. So I love that you that you really cottoned to that particular insight. Yes. And it's also one of the reasons why my house is tidier too, because instead right. of having like this planned, you know, I'm going to do this kind of cleaning and do this systematic thing. It's more of a, okay, I have 10 minutes. I'm going to set a timer for 10 minutes. I'm going to walk all around and pick up various things and not worry about like putting them all in a basket for later or anything like that. Just pick it up, put it where it goes, spend the time doing that. And it's really paid off. I love that. But thinking back now to last July, when you decided to do this program, can you remember what was the thing that made you decide, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this commitment. Because I'm sure you weren't thinking then, you know what, I really want my house to be tidier. (laughs) So I'm going to sign up for this program on sustainable weight management. So I guess what I'm asking is, what did you see back then Mm -hmm. as the main problem that you wanted to solve? Well, honestly, it was that I felt, um, so to back up even further, I had been a member of Noom right before the pandemic hit, Mm -hmm. which in a way I almost am thankful that I started it before the pandemic hit because I don't know what would have happened with my husband and, and my eating if I wasn't trying something. But when that program ended, I kind of felt like, well, now what? I, you know, was using their system of figuring out these parts of my food and weighing this and eating, you know, maybe a lean cuisine or something like that, because I would be able to figure out how many calories was in it. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like too much work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, had already made a lot of changes, but I felt like some of those results I was losing. Mm. And I um, had been listening to the Nutrition Diva podcast for a while. And um, I even did your, you know, January program, the 30 day uh, with the Nutrition GPA app. And so I had been using that. Right, right. But there was still something like, I still feel like I need more information. I need more guidance. Um, So it felt like the right fit for what I needed. And I think it has been so. Well, you know, it's funny, we we do have a lot of Noom refugees mm-hmm. in the program, as you know, and also Weight Watchers, you know, people who have done Weight Watchers repeatedly over the years, and they always lose weight while they do it. And then it seems like as soon as they stop doing it, the the what they've accomplished seems to slip away. We are hearing a little bit of the same thing with Noom. And mm-hmm. what I'm hearing in your description of this is maybe you weren't thinking about it then, but the problem that needed to be solved was taking some of that external structure mm-hmm. and mechanisms for controlling behavior and maybe bringing a little bit more of it internally mm-hmm. so that some of that control and awareness and accountability was transferred from the app or the system or the program to your own what you started out by saying you know i want to be in control of the choices that i'm making mm-hmm. and make sure that they are adding up to the life that i want to have mm-hmm. is that fair yes yeah i think exactly i cuz it's one of those where it's actually given me more freedom because i can experiment mm-hmm. you know i don't have to weigh and measure all of this food to make sure I'm hitting this, I can more eat for what feels good, you know, still using the nutrition GPA app for like guidance for, you know, the serving of vegetables. But even now that 
I need that less. Yeah. Imagine being able to choose what you're eating based on how you feel and how you want to feel and the results that you want to create and having that actually work. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's kind of the holy grail for people. Yes. You know, how can I wean myself off counting points or logging everything in my fitness pal and still make the choices that create the results that I want to see? So, yes. so at the beginning when... It, Again, last summer when you decided, all right, I'm going to do this. It's a year long. I, I kind of know what I want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. How would you have defined success? Like, w- did you have specific outcomes that you wanted to see that you would feel like, yep, nailed it? My biggest thing was just learning a process that I could continue beyond, you know, the year that yes. I really want to, especially with my um, Hashimoto's and having. A family history of lots of things, <laughs> you know, autoimmune, obesity, diabetes, all of that. I really am just like, I need something that's going to carry me forward for the rest of my life so that I can make the change I want, be a healthy person, be an active person so that I can yeah. see my kids grow up. I love the way you, uh, you say that this was about learning a process that you could then continue to apply going forward when the quote unquote program ends, when the year ends, you still have something that is working in your life on an ongoing basis. And, mm-hmm. and what I really like about that, especially for you, but you have young children, you have a young family. And so a lot is going to change for you over the next 10 or 20 years. You know, your life and the circumstances yes. and the requirements are going to be constantly changing as your kids get older and you know, one day you'll be empty nesters and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have to worry about, well, gosh, you know, is this going to stop working when the circumstances of my life change? Because you have a process that you can reapply to new sets of circumstances, to new challenges, and create new solutions. Yes. So, Stephanie, some of our clients, when we talk to them about their progression through the program, Sometimes they will describe a sort of turning point, some point during the year, may have been early, middle, late, that they realize that they're going to actually need to shift something in the way they're approaching it, Mm -hmm. maybe mentally or physically, or make a different sort of commitment. Mm -hmm. Do you remember anything like that? Or was it pretty much you you started and just rolled? I really was mentally prepared and was enthusiastic about, you know, the weekly lessons and and trying to apply them. Yeah. As winter approached is when I really felt like, okay, I can do this. And that was because I don't like the winter and the cold. And so in the past, I would have probably used that as an excuse you know, like, oh, it's really cold. I'm not going to park far away. Or it's really cold. I'm going to skip my walk. So if it was really cold and I was still wanted to go to the farmer's market, because we have a winter farmer's market here, I would put on my heated vest and that would, you know, make a little bit of a difference to be more comfortable. Or I would just think back to the, you know, it's okay to have some discomfort. That's not an emergency. And, you know, in that particular lesson, it was about Mm -hmm. being hungry. But I thought of that with the cold too. It's like, I'm not going to get frostbite walking, you know, five minutes outside or walking a little further to my car. I'll be okay. It's just uncomfortable because I don't like the cold. So being willing to be uncomfortable in what in the past would have been 
you know, really rough for me to be outside in the cold or to do the farmer's market early morning on a Saturday in the cold or to park far away in the cold, all these things. And now it's like, no, I'm going to get outside. I'm going to enjoy the sun. And sometimes it was warmer in the sun than it felt like in my house. Yeah. Winter, but what an amazing mindset shift. And I can imagine that the sort of tentacles of that really reaching into so many areas of life when we realize that discomfort is not an emergency, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, the discomfort of trying something new or just being outside of our regular routine or trying something and not yet knowing whether it will work or how it will work. You know, all of those are, you're kind of describing physical discomfort, but mm-hmm. whatever it is, that realization that discomfort won't kill me and that it may be in service of something that I value. Yes. I mean, that's just huge. It, I feel like that makes you unstoppable, Stephanie. <laughs> Another thing that I think people often come to at some point, kind of now as as your group is getting to the end of their year, is this realization. And of course, we've been saying this from the beginning, but it kind of, the penny drops <laughs> that, mm-hmm. oh, there is no finish line. Mm-hmm. There is, you know, like I'm going to get to the end of the year and not that much is going to change between the last day of the year and the beginning of the next year. That this is an ongoing project, that attention, intention, action cycle that we've talked about on this podcast before, but that we that we talk about quite a bit in the program. Uh, when did that realization drop for you? I think I was pretty on board with that from the beginning, knowing that this year is going to be about learning all the things I can learn so that it carries me forward. And it's just always a a learning. As I age and change, I'm sure there's going to be things that pop up that all of a sudden it's like, oh, this doesn't work anymore. I got to switch it up. But I have the tool to do that. Exactly. So what was your favorite part of the work that you've done over the last year? What was just flat out fun for you? Oh, I um. You've already said you love learning, yes. so there was some of that. Yes, but. that's that's a big part of it too. Is just kind of the learning. But I actually um, signed up to take an adult tap class at my daughter's dance studio, uh-huh. and it's been a lot of fun. And I don't think I would have done that if not for the program and trying to think. Okay, what are some you know movement activities that I would enjoy? Yeah, why is that always the last thing we ask ourselves? Like. What would I actually enjoy? <laughs> what would be fun for me? So I'm, I love that you that you found that, and that's makes it so much easier to stick with something when we feel like we are not only ticking a box in terms of, you know, some health benefit that we want to get, but that we're also feeding some other part of us that mm-hmm. that wants to be fed. Anything that you would want other people who are listening right now, who have been following the work that we do, maybe they've thought about doing this program. They're not sure. Anything you want them to know? Just that if you are open to change and you're open to growth and you have that mindset of, I can do this, then then you can do it. <laughs> With some support. Yes, but it does take these practical, small steps along the way. And I think that's, a big piece of this program that I really appreciated is that it slowly built. And there are times too, when the lessons just seem to be exactly what I needed right then. Mm. Um, and I don't know how you guys managed to do that, but you <laughs> did. <laughs> but um, there are times where I was like, oh yeah, this just came up and now there's a lesson about it. 
Um, Good. What great timing. Perfect. Um, and the extras too, just talking about, you know, what to do on vacation. And you've really thought of, of different things that'll pop up in your life and, and how to handle it. And I just really appreciated that, that part. So, so yes, it's a great program. Well, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day today to, to debrief with me about the experience that you had to share with our listeners, kind of what's involved Mm -hmm. in making not just a big change, but a lasting change. I think that's what I'm really taking away from our conversation is the mm-hmm. the mindset that you went into this with and are now coming out the other end with, this is a permanent shift in how I think about my choices and how I identify myself. Would that be fair to say? Oh, yes. Well, it's been just lovely to watch and uh, and I trust that you will not be a stranger Um, even after your year is over. But uh, thanks again for joining me on the Change Academy. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. It's always exciting to see people grow and change and succeed. You know, and that's something that I get to experience a lot, which is very lucky. And I feel like there's always something that we can learn from hearing about someone's process. And it's so fun to see what happens when we do get the right solution. If you have an example of a time when you found the right solution and it unlocked some benefits that you hadn't expected, I'd love to hear from you. Or if listening to Stephanie describe her experience makes you think that the work that we do in the Way Less program might be the right solution for you, drop me an email. Let me know what your definition of success would be and what you see as the biggest thing in your way. I'll tell you whether I think we can help. But either way, I'd love to support you in creating the change that you want to see in your life. You can reach me at hello at changeacademypodcast.com or you can head to our website and click the link and leave me a voicemail so I can actually hear your voice. Thanks for listening today. I'll see you soon. All right. Thanks, everyone. This has been the Change Academy Podcast with Monica Reinagel. Our show is produced by me, Brock Armstrong. You'll find links to everything Monica mentioned in today's episode in our show notes, as well as on our website at changeacademypodcast.com, where you can also send us an email or leave us a voicemail. If you're finding this podcast helpful, we hope you'll subscribe, or even better, give our show a rating or review in your favorite podcast app. Or, best of all, share this episode with a friend or colleague you think would enjoy it. Now here's to the changes we choose.